Hello, podcast listeners. This is Alan Barr, and you are listening to The Alan Barr Show. I'm an internal tools product manager, and this is my show. You can learn more about me at my website, alanmbarr.com, and this podcast covers technology, business, self-improvement, and other topics. Today's topic is about Kubernetes Conference North America 2021. I want to share with you all the information that I learned and observed during the conference. There were a lot of really great talks, and I have not had the time to observe and watch every single one of them, but I wanted to highlight the ones that are really key to me, which is a mix of platforms as as a service and developer experience. Now, I really struggle with the term developer experience uh, because it can mean so many things to different people where you think of the developer experience of one particular API or an entire platform. And I think in the sense of thinking of a platform as a service for an enterprise, oftentimes it is a tool that you only have one choice of. So in some ways there's aspects of it such as security that it's not your preferred experience, it's what you need to do. So. I don't tend to use developer experience a lot, but maybe I should use it a little bit more. I thought about that a little bit based on some conversations I had with really great people during the conference. Uh, I think that's one of the key things with conferences is the networking aspect. In this post-COVID world where we're living in today, we are encountering the on-premise face-to-face interaction, and then the also virtual interaction of the conference. There were 3,500 people in Los Angeles at the conference center there, and then 20,000 online, though it didn't feel like 20,000 at all. In the hallway Slack channel, where there was also a persistent Zoom meeting for people to file in and out, I saw a regular cycle of the same faces, And it was a really great opportunity to meet people that are working on upstream Kubernetes, that are working for big companies such as VMware and others that are doing work on things related to Kubernetes. And it seemed like a lot of people in this space are very inclusive, very accessible, very open. It was really easy to talk to these people who are in some fashion important in some sphere of the world. And I thought that was really cool to meet so many great and wonderful people. I met people that are responsible for the Knative documentation, which I think really excels in the documentation for a particular technology resource. I also met others that are in places as far away as India, New Zealand, that were attending the conference late into the hours. Some of the presenters were giving their presentations uh, in the middle of the night. The presentations were a mix between in-person, there were recorded presentations. There were virtual presentations. Many of the ones that were pre-recorded also had really difficult lack of uh, good microphones. Uh, That was a struggle uh, to listen to some of those. Uh, Overall, the content was really good and fantastic. It just depends on what your perspective is and what you're trying to get out of the conference because a lot of the conferences for the upstream, uh, for the people that are working on Kubernetes itself, and then there are parts that are more about the journey of using it or building things on top of it or securing it. Supply chain was a giant theme throughout the conference. That was a really big focus throughout the whole time. I did attend the co-located events for security and the supply chain. For me, the supply chain is simply too over my head at the moment. SLSA seems to be the future. Kubernetes is building in the procedures for the software bill of materials. 
There will be, in the future, attestations and many other things that will show how the software was made, which is really wonderful, and I'm excited for that to happen. However, it didn't seem to be in the near term for also all the other stuff we use that's in virtual machines and whatnot. It seemed really hard. To go back to the hallway track, I met a lot of really great people there in the Zoom room uh, every morning. I had some extra time before the conference started, so I would chat with people that are working on mostly a lot of things that are tangential to the conference or to Kubernetes. They're very simple, approachable people. Uh, They're focused on doing their jobs and improving the community, and there was really great wide-ranging discussion. Uh, There was even people that I met uh, later on in the conference that were focused on different things, such as developer relations was a pretty big aspect of the entire uh, group of people I was meeting who these are the people that are translating what the technology means to your everyday developers who may not be so focused or know or be aware of what to use in this space. It's changing so fast and it's good to just have someone you can refer to that's understanding it and communicating it versus thinking about it all the time and keeping track of this very fast and moving ecosystem. So I attended a couple co-located conferences. One in particular was the Supply Chain Con, which again was over my head. The other was a security conference. I got a lot out of that one. There were some pretty good talks out of it, especially throughout the conference. There were a lot of talks about supply chain and security. Uh, It it is becoming a more and more present theme because this is something we have to do with uh, computation is get better about securing and showing where did all this code come from and are we doing the right thing. So let me get into a few parts of the conference that I viewed and I liked. And one thing I want to cover really shortly is the topic of burnout. And this came up a lot in the uh, hallway track uh, and then also during a couple presentations This is around, I think people, especially working on upstream Kubernetes, it's really easy in this open source ecosystem. It's really cool to see companies like Twitter and Google and others having these dedicated offices of open source and letting their developers work on it full time. I think that's really cool. A big question still continues to be is the, how do you fund open source? How do you get support of it? How do you get paid to do it? How do you continue to do the things that you want to do, and then also balance your personal life because some discussions I had with these senior engineers and whatnot, program managers, is it can be pretty easy to do your day job and then all the community work is left to do once you go home, and you really don't want that to be your life either. And it's a fast-moving ecosystem. It can be pretty easy to neglect it and maybe miss out on something. So I think that's something to be aware of is the technology will always be there waiting for you. You don't want to overburden your life. You have to find a balance between doing this really great work that's valuable for people, but also finding time to have hobbies and things outside of technology to focus on. And another thing that some of these uh, people shared is the you know frustration of building a product and then shipping out features and then not getting the feedback until it's already too late, until it's already solidified. And that's a common theme of, you know, when can we get better feedback from end users of these big things that we're making when that tr- that uh, path to production or the path to usage uh, or giving the feedback earlier is really difficult. And I don't really have a good answer for that because the way that my platform is shaped, it is definitely 
not at a breakneck speed of using leading edge features. It's more like, well, we'll check it out in a couple of years when we do decide to upgrade to that version. So I wouldn't definitely be on the cutting edge of giving feedback uh, by any means. There were some really cool tools uh, throughout the conference that were called out early in some uh, keynotes. One I saw was API Clarity, and I really like that to surface APIs that you have in production, whether they're uh, a shadow API or a zombie API. So a shadow is is an undocumented API, and then a zombie API is one that you've denoted that is, is expressly deprecated, and it's still existing in your cluster. I thought it seemed like a pretty cool tool. Uh, the one downside was there was a dependency on Istio because of some WASM filters that are required to detect the, the different APIs and how they're being used. And I'm not really ready to make that commitment to go to Istio uh, by any means, though I was shared an article that it maybe is not as complex as it used to be. I'm a little hesitant and doubtful about that one, though. So there were some other really great talks I saw that uh, I thought one was interesting and kind of funny, how not to start with Kubernetes. I didn't totally agree with everything that Christian Heckelman shared. There were some parts that in my own experience, it didn't seem to really play out that way. But for the most part, I think it was really good general advice to any company that was looking to get started. They Maybe they're not as focused on the white glove experience like I am. However, I thought it was really great. One of the keynotes in particular by Jasmine James had a lot of really great bullet points about how to do developer experience and building a platform. So I think that's definitely something to check out. It was on the Thursday uh, early morning keynote and what she shared was for possibly Twitter, the four uh, pillars of what to focus on for the developer experience. So that's discoverability, usability, capability, and stability. And within those uh, three categories, understanding where are you at, how do you improve it, the metrics, how do you measure it, and then the core improvements, what do you focus on? So I captured a lot of those. I think they're really interesting. For the most part, it comes down to user interviews, screen recordings, uh, giving users tasks and measuring how successful they are, and then ultimately uh, providing golden paths, uh, providing ways to eliminate the possibility of a problem uh, in summation. Uh, but I really recommend checking out her slides once they are eventually uploaded. Uh, but a lot of the things that I've already focused on and tried with my own platform, I feel validated that there are things that uh, Twitter cares about. I did talk to uh, quite a few of the Twitter engineers. They had a exhibitor booth where they were just chatting with people. It was really great to hear about uh, their upcoming journey. They're going to be moving from Mesos to Kubernetes, and then they have some different stakeholders that they're going to try to work with. One group being the data intensive group who run on bare metal and do really heavy data workloads. And then another group that is a very standard, you know, need of a, a data focused stream related application, but they don't really care to know about Kubernetes a lot. So I thought that was really interesting uh, to hear that many, many companies are going on similar journeys in building platforms as a service, trying to make their uh, developers more effective and efficient. And the way that you do that is very broad. The way that you can solve that is very broad. So I would also share uh, in particular another talk that I enjoyed, uh, though I did uh, you know, scratch my head a couple times, which was the improving dev experience, how we built a cloud native dev stack at scale uh, from Razor Pay. And I think there was a lot of really great insights here. Uh, one thing that kind of blew me away, uh, and it kind of calls back to that supposed uh, ancient saying, though we I don't can't I can't find who actually said it, 
which was if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And in this example, uh, they built their platform in three months with one one engineer. And there's a lot of functionality there. Uh, clearly, they, they use the cloud, so they probably had some level of ease of use in interacting with certain features. Uh, however, I was pretty blown away that their response was three months, one person uh, really focused on that. And one real, real little gap here was they were using telepresence and they were missing some type of feature that they needed. So they built some functionality that exists already in another tool called Acteto, which I really enjoy. I continue to see people see the demos for the rapid interloop developer experience via telepresence, Octeto, scaffold, tilt, so on and so forth. There are a lot of options out there. However, there are still people that are new and they are not aware that these tools exist and they will make your life easier and better. Uh, many people were blown away by the bridge to Kubernetes demo, which was quite fantastic. And that was in a talk uh, by Microsoft about Dapper and then also talking about various tools that they're supporting. Uh, another talk I wanna call out is migrating the service mesh at scale to support billions of dollars of transactions uh, by a couple of engineers from Gojek uh, and a sub company from there called GoPay. Essentially, you can think of Gojek as a Uber or Lyft of Indonesia. It does many different types of businesses. They really iterate and experiment really quickly. So I was really interested to see what people were saying about this this talk. Uh, I was referred to it by some of my peers. I didn't capture it originally, and I reviewed it, and there were some really interesting things that I saw uh, from them, uh, very similar to Razorpay. Uh, lots of engineers. They had a good reason to increase the developer productivity of the people that they have, and the misstep that I saw was that they m were attempting to migrate from uh, bare Kubernetes to using Istio as a service mesh, and what they saw was after a year, there were less than 2% of services using Istio, which is really intriguing because from what I've seen and what they admit is that there's a huge learning curve for developers and there was a lot of work. So they were not employing any much of a white glove experience. They weren't really making things a lot easier. So eventually through their own story, they did share that they were making things much easier. And one of the things that they called out the unclear ownership of services, which is something that I continue to struggle with today because uh, it's not always clear who owns an application. And the way that they implemented this is that they have a form that has a checkbox that says, please verify with the team that you are transferring ownership to that you've discussed the transfer of ownership of this application. And I found that sometimes these discussions are a little bit tenuous because everyone wants to get things done. However, taking over ownership of a service requires some amount of onboarding, learning, it takes time. And some people may not be ready to take that time to get people acquainted with this new thing that they own uh, that some other group was maintaining at some point. A lot of great information in that talk, especially if you've already built a platform and you haven't tried to make it easier for people to use. I think there's a lot of great lessons learned there. Uh, it's also really good to see it from my perspective where we really focus on that from the beginning because we have the luxury of focusing our development on that and we're not pushed to deliver uh, due to incredible growth and scaling. Another talk I watched uh, a little bit of on and off is Changes Hard, Securing the Future Today uh, by Andrew Clay Schaefer from Red Hat. And I'm not going to go real deep into this one. 
the key things I saw was this uh, soundbite. He says software is eating software and software is eating software security. So it was really interesting talk. A lot of it focused on change. And that's what a lot of using technology is in our organizations is the human and cultural socio-technical system change getting away from the older systems, moving to the new systems, adopting new practices, new habits, embracing DevOps and all those things. Uh, it's really easy for us to get hung up on these terms and terminologies when it is a lot of change over a lot of time with a lot of different people in different roles encountering those things. And I think you have to be aware that this stuff is still pretty new for a lot of companies and groups, and they may not be aware it's going to take a lot of change in different habits in education and training. And people may or may not be super excited to do this in their free time. They'll need to do it at their job. This is what technology work is. So he highlighted an interesting thing about uh, Werner Vogel, where he in the past at Amazon said, you build it, you run it. And I liked that he clarified that he thinks that Werner Vogel at that time talked about the software domain and not the platform services or the infrastructure services. So I thought that was really clarifying because I think that quote could potentially be misrepresented. And the variety I'm seeing with the different platforms as a service and offerings internally at different companies, it it is incredibly all over the place. There, there are many different ways to go about it, depending on what your audience needs what they're seeking to do. Uh, the Twitter group were saying that for their data people, the increased abstraction of a white glove service would actually be uh, a hindrance for them because they need to have very granular access to do some data science-y kind of things. So I thought that was a really interesting call out by one group where maybe my approach wouldn't totally work for every single you know, group. I think you all have different stakeholders in your company if you're building the platform and Assuming that there's only one way to do things would probably be a folly. So I want to call out a couple vendors that I liked, and we're going to wrap up the show. There's probably more I could cover on all these topics and go more in depth. Overall, I really enjoyed the conference. I met a lot of great people. I got some contacts. I'm going to have some follow-up meetings with a variety of people, either vendors or others building platforms, just getting a lot of exposure to new ideas and interesting thoughts about how we could improve and do a better job. The vendors that I liked, one uh, that myself and others really liked was Rookout. This is a production debugging using your file tree. Essentially, you can see your code and you can see the traces go through it, which I think is different than other tools where typically you're looking at the logs or you're looking at some record in some other system. And it makes a lot more sense if you could have that VS code IntelliSense debugging experience within production, which is not, it could be possible, but it's not typically the case. Usually at that late night hour when something's broken, you don't have the luxury of seeing it matched up with the code. And I think that really stands out. Another group that I liked is Gitpod. I think the hosted developer environment is going to be a game changer in the next few years. I think that people are not wanting to ship out $8,000 laptops if they 
don't have to. I talked to many different groups of people at KubeCon and I highlighted, you know, I develop on a Windows machine. I only stick with a Windows machine. I really want to focus on doing Windows machines because many of my audience are using Windows machines. Cloud Native is incredibly cross-platform. I've never run into a situation where I couldn't do something on Windows that I had to do on a Linux or a Mac. And I learned that in some countries like India or Brazil, the taxes are so incredibly high on the Apple Mac devices that it would be unlikely that they could even get these types of machines for their developers. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, There was a limitation, and I think that this is an ecosystem that really benefits from trying to broaden the path for people to use computers and build technology. So that's it for today. I hope uh, that you learned a lot about Kubernetes uh, from this. It's all about people. It's all about socio-technical systems. As much as it seems like it's a hard technical thing, it's usually people. I want you to make this next week a great week. Think about the change that you are encountering, that people need time to change, and we're here to help. We're here to support. We want to make things easier and better, and the only way we'll do that is by working with other people to achieve these hard but possible dreams.